Hey, 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 how's it going, guys? It's Mark Haystack here, and you're listening to the Burning Mind Youth Podcast. Today, we have a guest from Hungary, but he's also from Malta and Mozambique. So, welcome to the Burning Mind Youth Podcast, Samuel. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm good, and you? Ah, going back there. Thank you. So, Sam, um, give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself. Uh, where are you from? Okay, so um, I'm from Hungary and Belgium. So I have lived 11 years in Hungary, two years in Malta, and I'm currently spending my third year in Mozambique. That's, that's pretty cool. And how old are you now? When did you start birding? So I'm currently 15 years old. And when I was um, around 11 and 12, I used to go to summer birding camps. So that's more or less when I started birding. Um, and then when I moved to Malta, all of that, that kind of stopped because there wasn't really <clears throat> um, any birding to do in Malta because it's a very small island with less than half a million people. But then when I um, moved to Mozambique, um, I started um, safari photography and so still not birding. However, um, this year, especially during lockdown, <clears throat> I started birding, yeah. Okay, that's quite cool, yeah. I mean, I've also, I did quite a lot of birding in lockdown last year. I think a lot of people um, kept busy with stuff that they could do at home. And I guess what us nature lovers do is bird watching and seeing what birds we could see in our garden and stuff. So most of lockdown was also birding for me. Um, during lockdown, were you in Mozambique? What was that like? So, um, well, I don't actually recall uh, a big lockdown, but um, we stayed um, home quite a lot. Um, and so um, we couldn't travel far. We couldn't go abroad. Um, we couldn't go on safari. I was only able to do little birding um, here in the capital of Mozambique, in Maputo and this region. So it was very limited. Yeah, I see. Now that was quite quite a rough time for most birders and nature lovers in Southern Africa, not just South Africa. Um, and I'm not sure about how the restrictions were in other countries around South Africa, but I know that in, in South Africa, it was uh, for, for a time period, it was quite bad where you couldn't go out your house. And no, it was quite uh, depressing and sad, to be honest. Um, so birding really saved our, what's the right word, mental health. <laughs> during that time. But um, now on that island that you were at called Malta, give us an idea of sort of where in the world that is. Can you describe a bit? Yeah, sure. So um, Malta is part of Europe and it's a small island in the Mediterranean Sea. Um, it's next to Italy and Sicily. Um, and so the birding there is... The burning there was very limited, so I can recall one tiny nature reserve um, where very little bird drinking was done and very few species were found. So other than that, <clears throat> it wasn't the best for birding. And to add on to that, in Malta and that region, they actually hunt um, the birds down. So it's horrible. Mm, I see. 
Wow, I mean, that, that's pretty different to South Africa, uh, where here we've got quite a few nature reserves in every province um, and region within the country. And, and York, I mean, for a small um, for a small uh, island like that, I mean, it's not too bad to have so few nature reserves or, or none. Uh, but I wouldn't have expected the, the number of bird species was quite high there. How, how, how were the bird species there? Not that many, actually. And so in Malta, I didn't even, <clears throat> I basically didn't do birding. So I did um, quite some birding when I was around the age of 11. Um, and from 11 till maybe 14, while in Malta, I didn't actually do birding. I didn't. I wasn't really interested in birds that much over there. It was pro- the reason for that was probably the lack of species and the lack of nature reserves. Yeah, I see. And which country was it that you started birding in again? So it was in Hungary, uh, and I started at the age of eleven in a in a big national park. Yeah, that's an awesome place. And I went back. I went back there this summer. Fantastic. How, what was your trip like uh, on your recent trip? So it was really awesome going back there and it brought back like so many memories. But when I went back to the camps, sorry, <clears throat> a few years ago, um, I wasn't actually counting um, my life list. I, w- I, w- I just went there to watch and ring the birds. However, um, this summer... When I went back, I actually um, counted the species I see, especially um, I was looking for lifers and managed to spot quite a lot. Because like I said, I only started counting and birding early this year. So there is room for so many new species. Um, And I spent three days um, there, three to four. Um, And yeah, I had an awesome time. That's really fantastic. Yo, I can't imagine being able to go on a trip up, up there. Uh, the, the variety of species must be so different to, to Africa and, and so on. But what are some of the species you got uh, when you were bird ringing? Um, so some of the main species we got were um, great reed warblers, Eurasian reed warblers, and many different reed warbler species. Apart from that, we occasionally got some shrieks, kingfishers in the nets, um, as well as some more rare birds. And in the evening, when the swallows would go sleep in the reeds, we would also catch some of those guys. Um, one time we also got a little owl, which was absolutely fantastic. Sure. What was that experience like? How, how did you handle it? So, um, well, it was really fun. I mean, um, bird ringing was new to me, and so I had to learn it, how how it's done. And so during the bird ringing, we were able to sometimes hold the birds and let them go, while sometimes I remember notating the information about the birds that we catch. So it was a really cool and fun experience, and we definitely love to do some ringing again yes wow have you not had that opportunity in mozambique yet no no unfortunately not like um birding and bird ringing is 
I'm not gonna say it's limited, but there is a little people who I know do some birding or bird photography, and so therefore there is no no actual clubs, and eBird is also um, dry. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I I remember when I started birding about four or five years ago, I went on a couple of outings where I joined. Um, a local bird ringer in the botanical gardens here in the Western Cape. And wow, it was, it was quite amazing. I mean, we set up like a gazebo and a little table there with all the gadgets and the notepads, and stuff to record the birds. Uh, and it was very interesting the way they did it. It was so ethical. The way they, what they, so what they would do is their job is basically to, to set nets up that the birds fly into, like soft nets. Then when the birds are in there, every five minutes they'll like go check to see if there's birds there. They get see the bird, they hold onto it and untangle the legs, um, and then put it in these little cotton bags and take it back to the table. And then they would hold it in such a specific way, like for example, a cape batis um, or a shrike. They would hold it in their hand with the index and middle finger um, pushing against its neck. So you can't if, if you hold your index and middle finger out, you bend it. You try to squeeze together. It's like such a soft squeeze. So that's how they hold hold them with the your thumb, pinky finger, and I forgot that other finger's name. <laughs> with their three fingers at the bottom and the two fingers around the neck. So it holds the bird firm. Then they measure the wing size and the feet and the ball and the age of the bird and they write all these notes down and then they release the bird again. So I got to watch that uh, uh, and so did you, Samuel, I'm sure. And then Every now and then they would let me like release the bird. They put it in my hand, and then I would open my hands and it would fly off and go back into the into the habitat. But uh, did you have a similar experience like that? Yeah, um, I remember the exact same procedure, and it was so cool. And something I find interesting. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but the the different species we caught in Europe and the ones you caught um, in South Africa. Like we caught mainly reed warblers where you got like such different species, which is really cool in my opinion. I see. Yeah, no, the, the species around um, this part of the, you know, the south part of Africa, this part of the world and the species in the north part of the world are so interestingly different. Um, and the habitat we were in was on the edge of a forest um, and I'm not sure what, uh, how many forests you get in, in that part of the world where you went ringing, but um, some some of the common species we got in the botanical gardens was Cape Batters, Caresta, Robin, Chat. Um, <laughs> what was it? We, we caught a buff spotted fluttail, a female. So that's a very, uh, I love that bird so much. I mean, I was leaving and I said goodbye to everyone. And then they quickly called me back. They said, we've just got a bus spotted fluttail. Come back. We'll show it to you quickly. So they showed me the bird, uh, that they ringed it, they measured it, and then released it again. Well, they actually let me release it. Um, and this bus spotted fluttail was a lifer for me. But I, I released it, and I thought, oh, my word, I can't, I can't you know, put this on my life list because I didn't see it in the wild. And yeah. <laughs> I just didn't feel right about it. So I actually logged it. I marked it off as a new bird. And then over the next few days of thinking about it, I realized, listen, this is not right for me to do it. So I had to take it off my list. 
but then I got a much better experience a few months later uh, seeing a bus spotted flufftail in the wild. But I, I, I still have to see a male. I've only seen the females, and they've got a very brown color. Um, but uh, yeah, how many, how many of the birds that you caught when you were ringing were actually lifers for you? Well, that's that's going to be hard to tell because it happened quite a few years ago. But um, from what I can remember, I had the exact same situation with the little owl. So obviously, I've never seen one in the wild. Um, and I was also thinking that it wouldn't be right to include it in my life list. So I'm really hoping that sooner or later, when I visit Europe, I'll hopefully see one. Apart from that, um, I don't think there is um, any other species that would be um, a lifer. So I managed to find them. Um, around the in that national park. That's great! Wow. But you know the thing is, um, when you're bird ringing, you see. For me, it's like when you see these species, you you know you can't take them off. But it's such a, a different experience and an awesome experience to be able to see these birds and these people are researching them, um, and you get to learn about them either way. So many of the birds that I I saw, I couldn't tick off. Um, and oh, it was quite frustrating, but in the end it was worth it because uh, I knew I was doing the right thing and it wouldn't be fair for me to, every single time there was ringing, go with the people and tick all these birds off because other people in the area um, would wonder how I'm getting so many species, but it's just an easy way off and it's not, I guess it's not uh, ethical. But to move on to a different topic, so Samuel. You have lived in a couple of countries and you have learned a couple of languages. Um, but one of the interesting things is that you, you learned quite a few of the bird names in Hungary. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So um, I, when I was living there, obviously learned the names of the birds in Hungarian. Um, and so it was really challenging when I moved to Mozambique when I had to learn them all over again in English, but um, I know quite a few in both languages. Uh, I see. So what we're going to do, here's the thing. I'm going to give you a quick quiz on some of the common Hungarian bird species. And I'm going to read you the English names. And what you're going to do is uh, give me the hung- Hungarian name. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Alrighty, cool. So here we go. Let me see. Give me the name for Blackwing Stilt. Okay, so if I'm not mistaken, in Hungarian, um, it's called Goya Touch. Uh, that's a, it's such a d- different language. It's quite funny. Um, how about a Common Coot? Um, I think Vizicuk. And now how about a Common Kestrel? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's really interesting how these names are so different. Yeah. Now, here's a familiar one that we even get in South Africa. House Sparrow. Hazi Varib, I'm pretty sure. Varib? Oh, yeah, yeah. Varib. Yeah, that's 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 Sparrow. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, cool. Um, green Woodpecker. Zultkulu, I'm not sure. Okay, so you're not sure about them. Um... Let me see. 
I've never heard of a green woodpecker, so that, that's pretty cool uh, to hear. Little owl. Okay, I know Kuvik. Kuvik, is that it? Yes, uh, I'm pretty sure. Okay, barn owl? Johnny Bogoy. Sure, okay. That's pretty cool. And I'll give you one more, I'm not sure. Let me see. We actually get uh, Eurasian golden orioles here. One of the species they say you, you get there is a golden oriole. You know what that is? Yes, I do. I've um, When I went to Hungary, um, I actually found um, quite a few. And I went back to that place two times um, and I found the same the same little group once again, along with two deer. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I also wonder what the, the wildlife is like in, um, in Hungary and other places in Europe. Can you give me the Hungarian name for uh, Golden Oriole? Yes, I think it's Shargarigo. Sure, okay. No, that's very cool. Uh, it's nice to hear the, the names from Europe and uh, places more, uh, more north up there. And some of the species are quite familiar because you get blackwing stilts down here, you get common buzzards. I was actually asking you, do you know what a common buzzard is in Hungarian? Yes, I do. It's I get a serve. And um, as far as I know, the, they're the most um, common birds of prey in Hungary, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah, you actually you must look after them there in Mozambique if you haven't seen one yet. Uh, we actually get them um, down here in South Africa as well in the summertime. And we actually had a report of someone who had seen an overwintering common buzzard here in Western Cape um, over the last few months. It was very interesting. We have a similar species called a forest buzzard. Have you heard of that one? Do you get forest buzzards in Mozambique? Um, probably, I'm, I mean, I've heard of the species, but I haven't seen one yet. Okay. Cool, yeah, you must watch out for that one. And, and by the way, I just remembered the, the blackbird's name. It's Fekaterigo. Wow, <laughs> that's so interesting. You're, okay, I can tell you, I think, you know, how weird the Hungarian bird names sound to me. I think the Afrikaans bird name would sound just as weird to you. Have you heard some Afrikaans bird names? No, I actually haven't. Sure, okay. Well, I might, let me think. I know that you, you, you told me just now that you saw some uh, blackwing stilts just down the road from your house uh, a while ago. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a place um, really close to my house, like 10 minutes away, and it's um, just by the ocean. So I live 10 minutes away from the ocean, and I'm really close there. Is this place I discovered yesterday I went there for the first time um, and in Mozambique I often the places I go to are self-discovered and this place was just as well self-discovered and so yeah I had this really cool really cool experience with um, two adult and two juvenile blackwing stilts and got some really good photos yeah, uh, self-discovered spots um, around your local patch, as, as we call it, is quite cool. Isn't it? It's your local patch. We do go there. But the, the blackwing stilts in Afrikaans is called a roipuit alsi. And roipuit means red-footed. And alsi, I think it's just a name. I really don't know what alsi translates to, but it's, I think it's just a general name uh, that they've given it. It sounds like a person's name, actually. Uh, but, I mean, you've been living in Mozambique for three years now, you say. And so 
This is my third year. Local patches. Okay, so it's your third. This is your third year. So you found some local patches around, as you said. What are some of the birds that you usually get around uh, your local patch? What's what's the birding like around where you live? Okay, so um, sometimes when we can't go, um, for example, um, somewhere a bit further away to do some birding, I just um, do some bird watching here in the capital of Mozambique, Maputo. And some of the species species I get um, are um, just some common dove species by the ocean. We obviously get the stilts. Um, a bunch of bunch of shorebirds such as um, the two two to three species of plovers. We got the ruddy stones. Um, we also get Eurasian curlews, um, and there's always um, a large group of greater flamingos, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. By the ocean, um, I also had a cool experience with a woodland kingfisher where. I managed to get quite close to the bird um, from in my garden or from my garden. I can see kingfishers, barbirds, mouse birds, sunbirds, drongos. Also had beavers a few times, a, a puffback, um, along with the fire finch once, which was super cool. And I also have three resident brown hooded parrots. Fantastic. That's quite a decent bird list of species. Yeah, definitely. What, what what do you reckon is your favorite garden bird? I'd love to hear about some of the species that are common that you could just find in your garden. Um, okay, so um, probably my favorite garden species would have to be bronze mannequins. Or, yeah. Do you know that species? Oh, that's quite lucky. Yeah, I know that species. I actually have only seen them once on one occasion in Gauteng in South Africa um, on a trip there. I stayed quite far south in South Africa in Garden Roots, uh, which is in the Western Cape province. And here, you don't get those mannequins. In fact, you naturally don't get any mannequin species. Um, but we do have a, an isolated population here in the Garden Roots that started spreading along the forest edges. We don't know if there were released from aviaries, it sounds, it seems the most uh, probable that they were, or if some by chance uh, spread and uh, were nomadic and, and, and extended their range to this part of the Western Cape, because I think they usually extend their range to the Eastern Cape, which is a different province in South Africa. That's interesting, um, but I'd love to see those birds again. I haven't had much experience with mannequins. Um, but that's quite nice that you get them in Mozambique as well. Yeah, so it's really interesting because here um, they're probably one of the most common garden birds um, that I usually see. Um, and so a reason why they're probably my favorite garden birds is because they actually um, built a nest and had a successful um, nest nesting um, right behind my AC motor, I don't know why they chose that spot, but it worked out um, on my on my terrace. And so if I'm not mistaken, um, four, four um, chicks made it out alive, or made it out, but um, had a successful 
um, hatching. Um, and so they were hanging here around for a while. Um, but unfortunately, there is a new restaurant built right in my, like, next door. And it's making a lot of noise. And I think that might impact, might have impacted the mannequins because um, I rarely see them anymore. And I feel like they've also impacted the three parrots that you used to hang around here. I used to see them um, two times a day in the morning and in the evening. But now it's, I barely see them anymore, which is really unfortunate. And what parrot species were those? So um, I got three brown hooded, brown headed parrots. Okay, nice. Yeah, we also get that species here in South Africa. Um, I've only seen it uh, once, I believe. But uh, as I was discussing with you earlier, you also get the grey headed parrots in Mozambique. Um, and uh, if you just look out for that one, I, I haven't seen it. Uh, but yo, I'd love to catch up on some of my parrots. I haven't got many on my list. Um, one of the special ones in South Africa is the Cape Parrot, which is quite endangered and is limited to forests, yellowwood forests, I think, um, in South Africa. And the range has just dec decreased so so much over the years. Um, but you're interesting to hear some of the common birds you get in Mozambique. I'm going to grab this excellent book, Watcher, called Southern African Bird Finder. Um, and uh, it's got a section here from Mozambique. I'm just going to read you an introduction to what it says on Mozambique. This is just for my interest, because, I mean, you do live there. But uh, listen to this. In addition to many species localized and historically uh, more accessible Zimbabwe and South Africa, the threatened lowland forest and Mayombo woodlands of central and southern Mozambique offer some of the best sites globally for such species as African pita, green-headed oriole, east coast alicats, white-chested alif, chestnut-fronted helmetrike, olive-headed weaver, plainback sunbird, and locust finch and are the non-breeding grounds of the localized masquerine martin in winter. Um, furthermore, the coast offers such tropical exotica as wintering crab clover and Madagascar pond hair. Um, the vast area of Mozambique north of Zambezi has ornithologically remained virtually unexplored since expeditions carried out in the early 1950s and 1940s. So what they're saying is like, there's actually some unexplored areas um, or places that haven't been properly and thoroughly looked at in terms of what birds or new bird species could be there. Yeah, so I think that also has to do um, with like the lack of birders in Mozambique. And so I really hope that in the future um, I will be able to um, explore those areas and, and maybe find those cool species hopefully all right so with that said um very interesting that there's still some unexplored areas in mozambique and uh some very cool species i haven't heard of before so yeah hopefully i mean you can get back to me one day i'll stay in contact with you sam you can let me know that you've discovered a new species or something but sam it was very lucky to chat to you uh thanks for being on the birding life youth podcast man Thanks for listening and remember you can check out The Birding Life on all your social media platforms and your preferred podcast players. Until next time, happy birding.